0: Welcome to the dog Spot Podcast with Melanie and Katie, where we're going to talk about everything dogs, especially wellness. That includes dog behavior, horse-free grooming, nutrition, and lifestyle
1: tips. This podcast is for general information only. It's not intended for medical advice, diagnostic, or treatment. Make sure to always check with your vet and consult when needed, or talk with your pet care specialist for specific advice for your pup. Alright, welcome back to episode 5 of Dog Spa, where we're going to talk to you all about ticks, fleas, worms and
0: parasites, mosquitoes and heartworms,
1: all of the bugs. Um, it's actually Poison Protection Month, so you might hear a lot about the little bugs that are lying around either in the home, out of the home. We're going to really focus more on stuff out of the home today.
0: Yeah, so technically Poison Protection Month is about like uh, different things you want to avoid your dog from eating. Uh, toxic plants or fragrances, xylitol, things like that. We're not going to be specifically talking about those, but more about on the outside, on the outdoors. Yeah,
1: so how can we protect our dogs from those pesky bugs outside? Um, what can we do when it comes to treatment? What? Uh, how do we learn more about it? How does it affect our dog? What could the side effects be? What to look out for? Really just to have all the information before making a choice of how we want to protect the animal.
0: Yeah, so we have different types of bugs different types of parasites that are more let's say popular but more well um, known
1: keeping in mind that we're in Quebec so we're talking about stuff that's more relevant to us here and the vets here so it might yes. not be the same everywhere else um we if will I've talk
0: about different areas and yeah. uh, what's the whole story about all of them so we'll go one by one but let's say there's ticks then there's fleas these are technically one of the worst ones yeah here we're kind of lucky because we have winters so during the winter on the outdoors we don't have fleas but they could live inside because of the heat a system so we could have eggs so we have to treat our animals if we we have fleas we have to treat them because they come inside indoors and there's a heating system so the fleas can stay alive indoors yeah you're
1: mostly going to see fleas inside i don't think ticks is as popular of living indoors no, however no, no. one thing i'm sure you've heard before many people have mentioned it is that particularly fleas and ticks i know are active as of four degrees which is why we're talking about this now. It's still March, but we've had some hotter weather. Today, we're 6 degrees, I think. So we already have to start thinking about prevention and why not learn about it first before you decide how you're going to protect.
0: Absolutely. And then afterwards, there's also worms.
1: animals I think that get that a lot yeah and then there's
0: also like those tape there's tapeworm oh, yeah, there's um uh I know them in French because I went to French school but uh, those that stick actually to the intestinal wall and they make those those exactly when uh, dogs have blood in their stool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. could be those parasites oh And you go to French yeah. school. You know the French French terms. are like, what's the English one? <laughs> so there's many different types of parasites internally. So depending on... The, the, the perfect way to diagnose this is to get a, a stool test. Yeah. And then from the stool
1: test... Unless you have a microscope hanging or a around. Mi- or
0: a microscope. Sometimes certain certain uh, vets, they they could just take a part of the stool and put it in a microscope. And if they notice anything, yeah. well, then they could already give you a, a treatment for that. So depending on specific parasites, there's maybe a specific uh, treatment. Which is gonna
1: go hand in hand with a symptom.
0: Ideally, yeah. yeah. So I would say more towards that. Mm. Then we have mosquitoes and mosquitoes transmit heartworms. So how does that work? Is that a heartworm lives in the heart only, Mm -hmm. but the babies, if there's a male and a female, the babies are flowing inside the, in the blood flow. Yeah, I
1: remember you telling me this, that if your dog does get bit and has a heartworm, but it's like just a male, that the dog will be fully functional. All their life, oh, yeah. if there's just one worm, but it's only if there's a female and a male, and they start to produce, that, then that's when there's dangerous. a problem.
0: Exactly. So that's where, not necessarily the vets won't necessarily go all through all of this conversation with the clients yeah. because it's a long story to say, mm-hmm. but just to say is the heartworms, what is at risk, and because we, the vets have been doing so much prevention with heartworms every season, like even I would say too much the risks of getting heartworm are very low yeah. like in one of the vets i used to work with she hasn't seen heart uh, heartworm case in 25 years which
1: is great however yeah another thing we want to discuss which is what we're going to get into soon is what could that prevention that type of prevention be doing to your dog's health in general during their lifetime yeah you know yes there's less heartworm going around there's less spread of it that's great but what's the risk? And it's not every dog that's going to have a risk, which is another thing we're going to talk absolutely, about. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. So with the heartworms, that's really the case is that if there's babies flowing in the blood, that's how the mosquitoes, when they're going to drink the blood, they will, they will have it on them to then go on another dog and give the heartworm to another dog. Okay. But really, how does it work is that there has to be babies. So that means that the dog has to be bitten multiple times by different mosquitoes different babies to have a male and a female so that takes quite a bit of time before we actually find
1: lots of exposure
0: yeah exactly
1: okay so let's go back into the ticks we'll talk all about ticks and then we can get back into more how to prevent what to do if it happens how to test and all that yeah
0: so ticks what happened is how how does that all come with the ticks really was from north uh, north of the states there is a lot there. Mm -hmm. Because of the forest that we have between the States and Canada, uh, there's a lot of deers, Mm -hmm. and the Lyme disease come from the deers. So the deers have the Lyme disease, then the ticks were biting on the deers because it's from in the forest, and all of a sudden the ticks will cross the border, and Mm -hmm. now we have them also in Canada. But it's really mostly common in the States. The risks for ticks are way, way higher over there but more and more it keep, we keep talking about this a lot here in Quebec yeah because the temperatures are kind of changing it's, it's getting warmer more. and stuff so we're getting more and more ticks and now people are kind of freaking out because it's kind of like a new thing yeah and obviously bugs are disgusting somewhat. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so
1: people don't want to see bugs on their dog at all no. <laughs> but yeah they also have websites that talk about tick prevention. So which cities are more at risk? Which ones have higher volume? Which cases have Lyme disease? Because obviously not every tick is gonna have Lyme disease.
0: No, exactly. So that's where the thing is, different areas might be more at risk of Lyme disease. So Mm. to check on the websites that there is, maybe specifically in Canada or specifically in the States or wherever you are at, they must have a website regarding risks of different cities. So if you find a tick on your dog, Go and search on that website and be like, okay, is this area at risk? Yes or no? To then urge yourself uh, after you got bitten, I think it would be about maximum six months. Then you get the test done.
1: To see if there was Lyme disease. If there's the Lyme disease, exactly. right okay and i know we were talking about this before there's there's some vets that used to do the testing but now they're no longer doing the testing no so when
0: it first like about 10 years ago or even maybe a little bit more that's when i was working at the vet we used to have clients just bring the ticks and we used to test mm. uh now it got just too too there's just too many ticks yeah so, so at this point the they'd be are testing like, okay, all day <laughs> they're testing all the time and yeah. a lot of them come out negative they said you know what it's not even worth it let's just not test anymore mm-hmm. we'll just make everybody just prevent as much as possible because there's a lot of ticks but not necessarily a lot of Lyme disease
1: okay so moving into prevention since you brought it up so now like we already talked about locations being some at more risk than others another thing to look out for is your environment where you're going to be going to walk so anywhere with high grass cedars bushes forests high brush anywhere where you would even think like poison ivy is probably there usually it's a lot of greenery it's all very condensed yes. that is your higher risk of ticks obviously they can be anywhere but that's where the higher risk environmentally is right yeah and
0: then another thing what let's say in your yard specifically mm. so if you maintain your grass at are always a good level like not too long and you don't have cedars you don't have bushes it's very very low risk right. of getting ticks right unless you don't maintenance your neighbors let's say because not maybe you you have you do it all correctly but, but on the other side it. of the
1: fence <laughs>
0: the other side of the fence the grass is long and the the dog goes and like rubs on the fence yeah. near high grass boom they might the, they just jump the ticks they jump
1: for sure they jump that's one thing uh, again we were speaking about this before i guess i'll bring it up now since we're talking about this kind of a situation if you guys have heard of diatomaceous earth so, it's a mineral? Is it a type of mineral? Well,
0: it's a type of, like, um, because it's a powder, right? So, right. I mean, if they say it's earth, it must be some type of mud or a type of uh, uh, Yeah, some sort of clay.
1: So, it must be a mineral that's in this type of yes. f- earth. It's a powder. So, this is something that you can put on your dog as a protective barrier, let's say. Think of it as dust. It's a, it's a certain kind of dust. So, you can also put this in your garden. Yeah. However the big risk with this is that you cannot inhale it just like you said before neither can we inhale it because that could become toxic however on the skin on the grass it will protect it will be a good prevention so it's an option you just have to make sure your dog's not going to go start huffing this powder
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so don't open the jar and don't put the dog next to it yeah (laughs) because it's very volatile very very thin so it goes very easily in the air and you have to be careful that either you wear a mask when you're applying it mm-hmm. uh the dog when you're applying it in the fur once it's in the fur and it sticks to the oil of the skin it doesn't butch. so maybe you'd
1: be even better with a dropper a dry dropper that yeah. way you can put it in like really close to the skin past the yeah, fur. yeah and
0: then there's less chances of puffing yeah yeah and then on the garden what's a good thing how to do it the areas, if you want to, let's say, prevent from ants... Now, we're going a little out of subject, but it's still kind of bugs or even for us. If we don't want ants in the house, we could put it around the house. Really? Yes. Now, the that. only thing you have to... Because it's a bug repellent. Okay. So, so bugs type, in general. Bugs in general. Okay. So, if you don't want them, ants, let's say ants or spiders or whatever bugs inside your house, you could put that and it's natural. The only thing is that mix it well in the dirt. In the earth. So, so that, that it's not volatile can't... for your pets. Okay. Or okay. you just make that area not... Um, not accessible for for your
1: pets so if people let's say are making gardens coming up in the next month or so you can put some di- diatomaceous earth in your garden soil yes. and mix it around it's yeah. going to be less it's going to be good also risk. for the plants too because okay.
0: there will be less bugs
1: okay so there really are a lot of benefits to this even yeah. though there's the one big one is do not inhale there's a lot yeah. of other benefits
0: here and the good part about this product is that it's very cheap nice that's L- an we idea. like that <laughs> that's a positive thing and, like and it's that. effective
1: we have some in store I believe yes we do yeah. Perfect. Yeah,
0: Thrive or uh, some other brands, yeah. but the, mainly that's that's our most popular one that we have, and it's a very good uh, affordable price.
1: Okay, so we'll start with that one, guys, because it is pretty general, and like you said, it's more affordable, there's only one risk with it. Um, I would say maybe one of the least popular ones, I don't think people really know much about that. I think that. it's just
0: because people don't know much about yeah. it, and often enough, once you talk about risk... It scares people off. Yeah, it's a turn off. And for me, that's what's kind of my turn off. Yeah. Like, I'm afraid that I might just use it wrong, and then I might inhale it myself, or my pet will inhale it by accident. Yeah. So I would prefer to just say, look, I have other options, Mm -hmm. that it's much easier or safer. Okay. So that's why. Let's talk about those. (laughs) We have about other options as well. Um, Let's say... Because we want it We were talking about This whole vet thing Do we talk about The products first And then go to the vets The vet products And uh... uh yeah
1: Let's talk about Since we're already on that We could talk about The certain prevention And then we can move on To the products That the vet Will talk to us about
0: Okay So the What's extremely popular And it's like A routine uh, Visit at the vet The vets Once it gets to season They're gonna say like Okay uh, now it's time These products They're available Um there's many, many, many different brands. They're specifically products that are going to help for fleas or any types of parasites. Pretty much like the... You can give them internally or they could be applied topically on the skin. With,
1: to the back of the neck, the back. So this is like revolution, uh, stuff Advantage, like that. Advantage, yeah. yeah.
0: Adventix is the, the one that will protect protect against ticks. And then the other ones are for all the other types of worms including heartworm fleas etc
1: okay so these are the ones that are spoken to us about all the time
0: all the time so the vets will definitely Mm -hmm. say while you're going for your routine visit for let's say the annual the the annual visit for vaccines and stuff like that they will talk about hey you guys want to protect now that it's the season there's a lot of parasites with a lot of the heartworm blah 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 do you guys want to take the products for the whole season to protect your pet
1: okay so, so yeah.
0: So first things first, does it work? Yes it does It works So how does it work is that it's given either internally or topically They pretty much work the same way One has to go through the digestion, digestive tract And the other one is just on the skin And will be distributed throughout the blood And it's in the blood system for a month
1: So for that month the blood is chemically changed So that if an insect bites the dog The insect will die Will be poisoned, yeah Exactly. Okay, so it works for that. It works. Now, what is Effective. this doing to the dog?
0: So so from when I was a vet tech at the, at the vet, we learned in school, as well as we learned from the reps, from the pharmaceutical companies, that this product is a pesticide at a very low dosage mm-hmm. that's enough to kill the bugs, but not to kill the dog,
1: the dog or the, the cat, etc. In the dose that it's being given.
0: The dose. So they say that it's highly safe to give to pets.
1: Over how long time though?
0: So now when they do research and they do a study, they obviously do the study for a certain amount of time. Usually studies are about for 10 to 15 years. That's if they do the the full, the full one. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes with pets, what happens is that they say, well, it's expensive, the studies, so we're not gonna test as long. We just know that on a certain amount of dogs, it was safe at this percentage. There's side effects though, obviously, because well, it's a poisonous yeah. pesticide is considered poison. If mm-hmm. it kills a bug, if at a higher dosage, it could kill all of dogs and cats and etc. Mm-hmm. Now they just say because it's at a lower dose that it's safe. That it's safe.
1: But what's the dog's health in general? Let's say you know, let's say you already have a dog who's so older. So that's the right? only
0: thing. So that's the only thing. With time, what I discovered that after once I left the vet, and I have my store and I'm more on the like I went through more the holistic and the more natural version of things a lot of people come to me and were talking to me like oh do you have any more do you have a prevention for me to protect my dog without giving those products from the vet my dog had a bad reaction then I had a client that was um, her dog got an autoimmune disease from giving the pesticides so she has to deal with very high digestive issues for her dog Mm. i had another client that started getting epilepsy seizures and eventually the dog i mean i think the dog was like five or six years old really and the dog
1: passed away wow so this this is all depending on genetics uh overall health immune system these are all factors that will come into play when it comes to adding chemicals or going through high levels of stress these things can all be affected yeah
0: so with my clients i know that she is building a lawsuit to sue uh pharmaceutical companies about these uh these specific products so i'm just putting it out there Mm -hmm. because there is more and more dogs that are sensitive genetics are becoming less and less strong yeah so if you're doing genetic genetic testing that could maybe help you decide whether this product is going to be safe or not but the side effects are not guaranteed when you don't know what genetics
1: yeah your dog has and this is why we were talking about it right it's not that every dog is going to have these symptoms or every dog is going to have these same risks but the truth is you don't know
0: you don't know and then once you give it then it could be too late yeah so i've had clients that they lost their pets Some of them, they're stuck with seizures. With seizures, the longevity of the pet reduces greatly. Uh, My clients that love their pets so much, they had to grief their dog that was young. Yeah, no kidding. And whenever I ask the clients, I'm like, yeah, what did you do? And they're like, oh, well, I was treating my dog uh, all summer. You're trying to protect them. And it's true, you know, you're doing it for for the right thing. And that's how it usually came up. I had another client also, I was doing a behavioral consult. And she's like, oh, my my dog's very anxious My dog's very stressed And I went there thinking, okay I'm going to do, like, an anxiety therapy For Mm -hmm. them And then I started looking at the videos And I'm like, that does not look like an anxiety attack That looks like somewhat of a seizure
1: Uh.
0: And I'm like, okay, so what's going on? And then she's like, oh, well Since we stopped Those products It's been getting better they were giving this um, this parasite protection throughout the summer, and at some point, the dog's like two, two or three years old, and started reacting to the product, and started getting somewhat of seizures, and it looked even as of anxiety attacks. The clients thought the dog was having an anxiety attack, so the vet started thinking, "Oh, maybe we should try a different kind." Then I suggested stop them yeah. completely, yeah. and that's when she started noticing a
1: difference. Yeah so this is the thing too we don't want to the vets aren't out there to try and hurt your dog the truth is that these products help they help for to protect your dog against fleas ticks heartworm all these things but like Melanie said earlier the systems are becoming more fragile for animals and for ourselves because of the pollution in the air because of the food we eat because of the stuff that's overprocessed. our bodies are less able to handle things that they used to. Yeah, so
0: less healthy. It's pretty much the... Yeah, and
1: like you said, it term. is chemicals. It's it's chemicals being put into the system over a long term. Of course that's going to wear on the body after a certain point.
0: Yeah. It's weakening the body. It could be weakening the body slowly, slowly. Yeah. The studies are probably not the life... The life Span. S- lifespan of a dog. Yeah. They haven't tested for a whole life of a dog to know, oh, well, look, every dog that we have sites they got cancer or they mm. got uh, seizures mm-hmm. or they got this or they got that they haven't tested long enough to know okay for guaranteed this it does not give these things yeah but they know because in the studies that they have done there was certain cases that they did get seizures they did get this they did get that mm-hmm. not all let talk about it though because yeah. they do it such as a routine now yeah. that they talk about it less and less and well, I think they should still for you your job as your as a pet parent ask them for the side effects ask them for the different types that they have and why which one they recommend for your pet and so that you know which decision to take do i still give this product i trust my vet and yes i will give them Mm -hmm. because i want the best protection for my pet or do i feel safer to go with a with a natural alternative
1: yeah which we're going to talk about these natural alternatives i also want to talk about what heartworm is because we we missed that yeah. but before that i do want to say uh you know the vets think about it if you're at a vet office nine times out of ten you're having people come in with problems so i've led to believe the reason why they suggest these products so much is to avoid the amount of issues that they have coming in right yeah it's not to just say give your pet a bunch of chemicals uh, just because it's easy you know, they, there are sometimes They're going to see these issues They're going to see a, a dog with Lyme disease They're going to see a dog with heartworm well, Now you they say trust, it's very rare They but. trust
0: their teachers They trust their their pharmaceutical yeah. companies So obviously yeah. if the pharmaceutical company says Yes, this is the best option on the well, that's planet all, if that's well, all you're
1: taught What else do you know? <laughs> exactly Yep
0: So that's how that's how it is Now regarding how do they work So these products It's in the blood flow right? We were talking about that. Mm. So the bug has to bite. Yeah. Okay. So the bug has to bite to ingest the the poison and then die. So now we're talking about ticks. You could still find, even if you use that product, you're still going to find a tick on their body. Yeah. And the
1: only way it's really protecting anything is that the tick is biting, gets poison and dies. But what happens when it spits back into your dog? Yeah. You could still get Lyme disease. So that's kind of the only thing. So
0: you may, you might not just have to remove the 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 tick from the dog because usually if you find them like you go on a walk and then you come back you you inspect your dog this is like the best way yeah you go for a walk you check in the hair and then oh I found a tick take it off right away yeah
1: how you take it off is you pinch it right at the base where it's connected to the skin turn it around yeah and you spin it out and pull it out and you should actually see a a little bit of a hole hole,
0: but the head has to stay on Mm. so if you would just pull on it the The head could stay stay in and then it could be it could do an infection yeah so you have to spin it around so that their teeth like let go and then it comes out yeah now how if there would be a risk of giving Lyme disease they have to stay on the dog for at least 24 hours
1: Mm -hmm. because they're they're basically biting taking blood and And spitting out saliva after yeah
0: so that's kind of what a doctor told me Because I said that I got bit by a tick. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, but did you see the tick? And I said, no. And then they're like, well, you can't get Lyme disease because it has to stay on you for 24 hours. And you would have noticed if you had it on your leg. So I was like, yeah, I guess No,
1: (laughs) A little less worried.
0: (laughs) A little less worried now. So it's the same concept for for So as long as we
1: keep doing checks on the dog's body... You're, you're also lowering your risk. Lowering the risk.
0: And you just take it off. There's less risk to get it. Now, if you're saying like, oh, I hate bugs and I don't want to touch them, then we have repellents, mm-hmm. which would prevent them to, from even going on your pet in the first place. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is probably what we would recommend as the first place to start is just repellents and prevention.
0: Yes. So last step when it comes to the vet I'm not saying don't go to the vet at all regarding of the course, situation because it's still, they could get Lyme disease, they could get heartworm. And how does it work is really from except to do the heartworm or Lyme disease testing, yes, which just... is a blood test to to figure out if it's positive or negative. When I used to work there, they said every two to three years to do it. Now, if let's say you're not doing the protection, you're not taking the anti-parasite products, they might say, well, I'll do it every year. Yeah. You know what? If it's between seventy to seventy to a hundred dollars per year,
1: it's almost the same price you'd be paying for the uh, the stuff. More, more, eh?
0: Now people are telling me it's over two hundred dollars
1: for the protect, for the heartworm medication season. and the tick medication. So you know, guys, I mean,
0: like this, at least you know. Does my dog have anything? If it has heartworm, then you're gonna have to do, uh, do an X ray
1: mm-hmm.
0: from the X ray or even a heart ultrasound. How many worms are in the heart? If there's only the only One, your pet is not at risk of dying from the heartworm disease and is not at risk of developing more. Mm-hmm. But the prevention with these is that then you're gonna have to go on regular visits, yeah, to go and do x rays yeah. until that worm dies because Which it'll die, it's not their very no, they don't. There. They're like it's about five or six year lifespan, okay. So if there's only one after five six, five six years, they're gone, okay. But let's say now it's already there. But then the dog gets bitten again by another mosquito that had heartworms. Yeah. Then there's a couple. That's where it gets trouble. Yeah. But those cases
1: are very rare. So rare. So rare, for sure. In
0: 25 years, my the vet that I used to work at saw one.
1: I'd be curious to know. Next time you guys are at the vet, ask your vet if they've seen a heartworm case in a while. <laughs> that would
0: be a nice conversation, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, hey, talk about it. Know.
0: It's fun to know. Like, I was, like, amazed when my when my vet said that. Mm-hmm. And the other vet that I was at, I worked there for three, four years, and we never saw a case. Mm-hmm. We do the blood tests on pretty much all of our clients, and there's not even one that turned positive. Wow.
1: So it's good to know that there are tests that can be done for that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So that would be my first step is do the testing. And if you are at more riskier areas or you're not doing the antiparasite, they might recommend to, might recommend to do it more often, and it's okay. Yeah. It's totally fine.
1: Yeah, so you said it was on, on the spot testing pretty much, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. so it's a little uh, little test and they just uh, put the blood in. Mm-hmm. And after like five, uh, five or ten minutes, they'll know if it's positive or negative. Okay,
1: perfect. Love to know where we get all the products we talk about on our podcast? Head to musospa.com and use promo code DOGSPA to get 11% off your purchases. Exclusions do apply. Shipping is available all over Canada.
0: Now we're going more for the internal ones. I would say not to give the anti parasites again all the time to your pet to your puppy, to your dogs. It's okay, my dog has poop issues, there's blood in the stool, this, that, do a stool test. Yeah. And if there is something, then you treat.
1: Yeah, so a stool test would be the number one thing to do. You know, I think the more common areas that you might see parasites is either if they're playing in poop, dirt, like farm where there's a lot of poop and dirt and uh, hay and stuff all mixed in this is why you do see a lot of those things in goats and cows and stuff like that because they're standing in their poop all day yeah um that's where it becomes dangerous it's bacteria
0: yeah or unhealthy pets
1: yeah exactly so if you have a lower immune system if you have genetic issues well then your system's already more susceptible to damage so of course if you're going to come across a parasite the system might not be strong enough to handle it exactly
0: and other than that, I this is my recommendation. It's obviously an opinion, and everybody you're going to listen to, if it's even Dr. Becker, if it's Dr. Dobias, if it's the vet from even Adored Beast, we all have our different somewhat opinions. Mm. But one is to prevent naturally, and it's repellent, obviously. Yeah. It's not going to affect the health of the dog over time. And if there is anything... We treat what the dog has and that's it we use it if needed but not give it to the dog every year if maybe there is just no risks of even having any of it
1: mm-hmm. in so, the first place so we're talking about repellent we're talking about that these bugs will just not want to go near your dog at all so the first one we were talking about is essential oils
0: Yep. Yeah. so the essential oils what we could do is that we could do a spray you can make it homemade so we were we're gonna give you the different types of essential oils, and this is something that I'm that I was reading in a book, uh, and it's ar- aromatherapy for pets. So they have done a lot of studies; they've been doing a lot of work. They did masters in aromatherapy, so they're doctors. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just a book with a silly person that knows nothing about it. Yeah. So those things we know what they do; they're safe for pets, and how how it works. So most of the ones that we sell in store are going to be a mix for anti-parasites. They're just going to be repellent for mm-hmm. for general. Most people, they're going to say they smell. They stink. Uh, because it's a blend of yeah. a mixture of a, ben- a bunch of essential oils. And now what I was reading in the book is that they're saying that it's because certain essential oils are more effective for fleas, some are more effective for ticks. Right. So, but if you... S- Spread the product apart. Well, they're less stinky. They're okay. gonna smell better. Okay. So if you say I hate the smell of the one I buy at, uh, at the at the store, well, then just just buy one and make it yourself. And so you make a be... spray
1: for the fleas and a spray for the ticks. Exactly. And spray them at separate times. You
0: could spray them at separate times. So what they're saying in the book is that you could just spray it a few times a week. So what happens with essential oils that essential oils stay on, on the, in the dog's body for a certain amount of hours. So it says six to eight hours usually
1: base of the skin and the fur there yeah
0: and then after it's kind of still like uh, re- because there's um, the recipe that they did with a certain oil and
1: is not specifically when you're going to go outside this is just general General, protection yeah okay
0: but if not the ones that sell in store there there's maybe not enough ingredients in it it's not there's no oils or there's not specific ingredients that will just stick to the dog's fur Mm -hmm. they say to
1: mention that we can also we'll, well we'll tell you exactly the essential oils that are in there we can yeah, get the whole recipe but the obviously full, the full
0: recipe then we could because uh, it's a little bit kind of silly to give you a recipe through by voice yeah it's better written down <laughs> so if ever you guys are interested let us know so for fleas there's clary sage lemongrass peppermint and lemon so lemongrass and peppermint are very common as repellents mm-hmm. and even for me like i use them a lot I love this, personally, the smell of lemongrass. Not everybody likes it. And peppermint, I was using it... I was putting cotton balls of peppermint throughout my store because I had a certain amount of period where I had rats and mice.
1: Oh, wee, wee, wee.
0: And I used to use peppermint to repel even little rodents. Hmm. So it works.
1: Because I, I, they
0: were just avoiding those areas that had those little cotton balls. Mm. So it does work for them too. Uh, But this is more specific to fleas. Now, if we're talking more ticks, it's kind of like a little flower. It's more flower-based blend than it
1: is... uh, Yeah, so we have geranium, lavender, myrrh. Poponax. Oh, Poponax. I've actually never heard of that before. Me neither.
0: I'm going to have to... Uh, it's probably in the book, so I'll go on and read what exactly yeah. that ingredient is, but that's really interesting.
1: And, and bay leaf. Bay leaf, We yeah. do have to be careful with lavender and cats. I know that.
0: No, all of it. No essential oils on cats.
1: Oh, that's true. It's only if it's the... Uh, hydrosol. Hydrosol, right.
0: Yeah, okay. so hydrosol is the other part. So how you make an essential oil is that do you do an extraction... Then it, it sh- extracts the part of water mm-hmm. that still smells like the plant or mm-hmm. the flower. And then the other part is the essential oil, which, which is the concentrate. Okay, so the
1: hydrosol is with water still. Yes. So it's diluted.
0: No, because the way that it's coming out of the plant...
1: Okay, it's like natural. There's a liquid, yeah. Okay.
0: The liquid part of it, then it has like the little perfumey, but it's very natural. So that one is safe for cats. Okay, right. The other one is the essential oil, which is the very the medication Concentrated, one, yeah. Concentrated and even one.
1: that, we have to be careful with our... We can't just dump a bottle of freaking lemongrass on our dog. <laughs> no,
0: no,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> To be very careful with the amount. So
0: us, we... With our liver, we're able to process them much quicker us it's like two three hours yeah dogs it's six to eight right and the cats are like over 12 hours okay and it's not good to overwork the, the cat's kidneys or liver for 12 yeah, hours yeah and this is all
1: absorbed through the skin so that's why it's taking that long to filter out through the liver
0: yeah so yeah. the cat's very sensitive so and we're talking even other stuff if it's fragrances essential oils all these things incense candles Cats, it's a must do not put any of these things because their liver is going to work very very hard compared to pets uh, like dogs or us yeah which is
1: c- comes back to something that we've been repeating many times today and in another episode if the organs are working harder to get these things filtered through the body this can overall take a life- time off their lifespan absolutely you know if you have the kidneys working hard the liver working hard the digestive system working hard well you know eventually even like us if you put your body through a lot of rigorous activity and 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 you know exposure to certain things yeah you can get through it but when you're a little bit older it might not go as well absolutely
0: so now we've talked already about two types of products that we could safely use now the spray I mean we would have to really spray properly on the dog all over Mm -hmm. the skin because Mm -hmm. if you're missing one, one little spot the tick or the fleas or whatever might find that little spot. That We're talking about the that. sprays. That, the sprays. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The general
1: sprays. Yes. Yeah.
0: So they're not obviously 100% like use like useful, effective, yeah, I would so. say
1: effective, because it's definitely useful. I mean, I know a lot of people, when they go for hikes, they want that extra protection. Absolutely. But you might not even need to go there if you use, like, an essential oil. But maybe if your dog is sensitive to these essential oils, maybe you can go with the spray. Yeah. Right? It's not going to be as strong or as targeted.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's still an option. Absolutely
0: so the one from the book is definitely stronger it's a stronger blend and okay. it's something that stays on the dog for yeah. a, for a, a couple of days and even up to a week that he said that he mentioned depending on the pets but the sprays that are sold in store are not as strong okay. so those would have to make sure that yeah those have to be applied multiple times yeah. throughout your walk if you were going on for a long white wi- uh, walker hike now we have other products because let's say we are saying like, oh, these are not 100% effective or they're, they're not effective at 100% or close to 100%. Mm-hmm. We have two different options here and it's things that the dog just has to wear
1: right. on them. So the ultrasonic device, um, that's actually one that I don't know too much about.
0: Yeah. So we there is even uh, at the, um, what do you call those stores, like Canadian Tire,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where they have them for humans where you could just put it on your table while you're outside. Oh,
1: like the thermocell type things. Yes. Okay. Like, it's the
0: same concept.
1: So, so that frequency... Gonna, as a
0: certain radius, it's going to protect you against those bugs.
1: Because of the frequency. The yes. bugs are not going to want to come towards that yes. certain... Okay.
0: Exactly. So what's fun with the animals is because the dog is wearing the device. The dog cannot hear it because the frequency is for those little... Uh, those little parasites that don't like that frequency. Yeah. And then it's going to be repellent. Now what's fun about this type of device is that you could just put it on your dog when it's going outside. The dog doesn't have to wear it 24/7. And
1: then you could take it off.
0: And you could take it off. So just when you're going outside, you you put it on your dog and that's it. The battery the only thing that it, that it is, is that you're buying that device and you just have to change the batteries. Okay. And it's like a life le, lifetime
1: product. So that's definitely it, one type of option. I mean, yeah.
0: it is the most expensive one. Really? It is. Oh, yeah it's like 50, uh, over $50. Depending on the, the brand you're buying. So some of them are 50, some of them are 70, some of them are 80 bucks. So depending on the brand that you're buying, obviously will affect the price. Maybe they have different studies, they have different ultrasonic uh, frequencies.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering about the uh, efficiency of this product. Like, I get the concept.
0: I think they're saying over 80%. Yeah, affected. okay, that's not yeah. so bad.
1: So maybe this with the spray. Yeah Would be a good Absolutely. combo
0: Exactly So it brings up the percentage higher Yeah When using combinations Okay
1: Okay So yeah this is the thing too With these natural options We could sometimes play Pick and choose You know you Use a combo of a, with two or three And yeah. then your odds go even yeah. better Yeah
0: And then what's the fun part About all these things Is that these don't affect the pet at all Yeah especially or this device because it's just it has to be just war, uh, the dog on the collar or
1: on the harness or whatever
0: The uh, essential oil we just have to make sure that we're not overusing it yeah so that the level toxi- uh, toxins we're not overworking the liver yeah and if the sprays from the stores are technically more weaker they have to be applied multiple times yeah. so the, they're not as strong so less risks but less effective also
1: Side note is that if ever, I mean, when it comes to the liver, we've mentioned this in other episodes, if the liver's been overworked or your dog's a senior, you can always look into doing a liver cleanse. That's something that's just going to give the chance for the liver to be filtered out so that it's better able able to absorb and filter again.
0: Yes. So we have the liver tonic from Adored Beast Yeah. is the one that we have. We also have Dr. Dobias that I can also refer you to their website that they have a, a, an amazing one. It's called Liver Tune. So that's really amazing so if you guys want the promo code just let us know mm-hmm. and i'll uh, we'll send it to you uh so um so this product what is it going to do is that it's just going to help empty out all of these toxins from the from the liver yeah. to better work after it's been overworked by medications or toxins pollution etc
1: it's like changing your filter and your air filter and your water filter it's the same type of thing it gets clogged up with gunk it's still going but it's harder to to work yeah. so we're giving it a chance to clean it out type of thing yeah and then we're have a better efficiency
0: and then prevent from maybe overworking it too much and getting maybe liver disease yeah. or other types of things that might happen because the liver works with other organs at the same time exactly. so it might affect other organs as well at the same time yeah so just a side note we have our last one and uh, we used it last year so we could definitely have a yes. nice little conversation about it by our experience so it's the em collar
1: yeah so em collars are basically uh they they're put together with rope but they're little uh beads of uh ceramic yeah uh that basically the dog is gonna wear this collar uh, all summer long from four degrees till four degrees at the end of fall uh, you can take it off and wash it and then dry it in the sun if you need to, but the dog has to keep this on at all times. and As long as possible. As long as possible. And it's microorganisms that are going to, with the body heat of the dog, are going to be activated to kind of make a protective shield around the dog. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, so that will just always have, like, a protective barrier at all times while the dog's wearing the collar as much as possible, mm-hmm. and it's repellent to any types of bugs.
1: Yeah, and it's light. It's not like cumbersome or large where it's going to get in the way of anything. It's very small and yeah. they're
0: mostly uh, now they're handmade. Yeah. I haven't even seen any companies doing them by machine yet, but it's all handmade.
1: Yeah. We're actually waiting for ours to come in this year.
0: Yeah, we're soon to be receiving them in the next couple of days. So maybe by the time this episode is out, we might already have them on our website. Hope so. so. We already have a, we
1: already have a waiting list <laughs> <laughs> of people who want these. Yeah, so, let's... so
0: a lot of people are asking now for a natural alternative, and this is our choice. And the reason being why we're confident with it is because we've had a experience last year. So let's talk about it. Yeah.
1: So last year, um, I was you know learned about the ticks and the fleas, and I didn't really want to give chef. Um, I wanted to try going preventative and using natural, uh, methods, especially because he's old and, you know, I want to keep, keep him healthy and keep him safe. And that was my decision of what I wanted to try last year. So I also got a kitten last year and my little Petunia. So Petunia was always an indoor cat. She still is an indoor cat. She's been living inside for the past year. And, uh, I did not have an EM collar on her because she was so small. And I don't even think they made them that small at that time. And I figured, what's the point? She doesn't go outside.
0: Yeah.
1: So Chef had the EM collar all of a sudden I come home one day and I notice she's really really scratching and I say okay I'm gonna keep an eye on it and it looks fine by the next week she was scratching so much I was able to actually see the fleas on her
0: (laughs) that was like when you told me that I I was like freaking out at my house I'm like oh no my dog yeah I mean I
1: was freaking out where the heck did she get fleas and I look at chef and chef's not scratching chef looks fine I brought him to work you checked him we did the whole paper test we We checked everything multiple times he had nothing. Zero. And she was full. So my suspicion is that at some point somewhere, a flea must have jumped on him and said, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not staying here. <laughs> and then jumped on her.
0: Yeah, and so, then it just accumulates on the on the cat they feed on the cat then they lay eggs and then it's all over the house and then it's the cat that had all the fleas
1: yeah lucky enough it wasn't all over my house but of course you're scared you can hardly see them you don't no, know where exactly. they're hiding
0: because they could bite you too yeah at some point when there's just too many not enough animals then you get for fleas then the people they start getting bitten yeah
1: then you get infested so for sure at that point I knew she had fleas and to protect chef I did give them both the treatment
0: absolutely because now we have fleas so we have to do the prevention to make sure that it's not happening exactly
1: so I mean that's a good thing too when, when we're talking about fleas is you can do preventative, uh, well, prevention, and if you end up having, you can treat. It's three months of treatment, three to six months, I think, yeah. of treatment, and you clean your stuff. And yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of annoying. You got to be on top of but keeping everything clean. Yeah, but you know, it, you you have an option, and to see that chef was fully protected. Chef is like seventy five pounds. He's not a little thing. This these fleas could have gotten anywhere on him. And none of them did.
0: They are nowhere. We looked everywhere. His paws, his ears we licked everything we everywhere there was not even one. his tail on his
1: back his neck his chest everything he was totally fine so since that
0: I checked my dog I checked Layla because Layla and Chef were like always together mm-hmm. at that time and I was like oh for Layla sure Layla had an
1: EM collar too
0: she had an EM collar, and she had nothing also right? yeah. I was like freaking out I'm like oh my god I have to treat my dogs and this and that yeah and then,
1: for, since then honestly the EM collar is gonna be my go-to every year for Chef and Petunia just so I make sure this situation doesn't <laughs> happen again
0: so, it protects against fleas. So, for sure, if the fleas are repellent. I mean, we have re- never saw a tick on our dogs before. Yeah. Uh, back P- in the day, before I was even using an EM collar, I have cedars in my yard. Mm. And Mila had one o- in, in her armpit. A tick? A tick. Mm. So, I took it off. And that's it. And then I tested six months later, and she had nothing. It was negative. Yeah. Um, again, I didn't start freaking out. I just took it out. And then I did the test. Yeah. I saw there's no Lyme disease. There's no nothing. Okay, fine. I'm like... Not going crazy over. Oh my god, my got a tick! My dog, got a tick!
1: Yeah, and these EM colors are specific to fleas and ticks.
0: Uh, and then we have our last step to this episode where this is a common question that we get, or this is actually a myth. So, people would say, If I feed my dog raw, my vet, there's vets, so they're gonna say, Oh, my vet says that my dog is more prone to parasites. treat your dog for parasites. Okay, this is
1: what I didn't understand. Why? How does that make sense? Why would a raw diet encourage more possibility of getting bit by a bug?
0: So I guess this is an assumption, because raw hasn't been cooked. So there's more bacteria, and then there's there's the worms, there's the parasites that are in the meat. They're, They're inside the the
1: meat. Well, we'll much. repeat it again. After about, what is it, a couple of days of eating raw, the stomach becomes more acidic so that it can kill, kill all the bacteria. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: but, <laughs> but not necessarily, like, because the vets don't learn that in school. They don't learn yeah. about raw diets, so yeah, they don't true. know these things. That's true, that's true. So it's and worth bringing up. <laughs> so we have vets that are pro-raw. There's some that are neutral to raw. They just said, as long as you give it and you're careful, I have no problem with you feeding raw. And then you have those that are against, that they're very close-minded and don't want you to feed raw to your pets. So I'm pretty sure you guys are going to be like, yeah, yeah, that's my vet. That's my vet. And um, you just have to make your own research. They should eventually, hopefully, open up and we get more and more vets open about it because they don't have enough nutrition courses yeah
1: that's what i was gonna say is like we said earlier in the episode when it comes from a you're not being taught the full 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 spectrum of all your uh, nutritional options then you have the people coming in with dogs that are sick because maybe they left the food out for too long maybe they left it in the fridge for too long and that's when bacteria starts to accumulate
0: usually unbalanced raw diet or an unbalanced
1: raw diet so if the vets are seeing all of that and they're not they don't have the extra classes on nutrition and supplements and raw, well, yeah, you're just going to discourage it.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll talk about this uh, on a raw diet <laughs> episode. But going back to parasites. So it is a myth. It's not true. Because what happens is that if you're on a whole food diet and a more balanced diet, that's that's going to make them more healthy. I've seen in, what, eight, eight years now, I just celebrated eight years of my business, of business all the dogs that I have switched my clients to raw they're all got healthier yeah I haven't seen dogs get sicker from going raw and personally for my dogs I went with Myla from kibble to raw and I noticed a huge difference Mm. and so I recommend it now to most of my clients when they start getting issues uh, their dogs getting old and they're like oh my dog's too old to start raw no
1: i switched chef what is it going on two years now maybe a year and a half ago i switched him and his energy level went up like crazy i think i'm sure i've mentioned this before in previous episodes i definitely see that he's he seems healthier than yeah. he was
0: so a whole food diet this is pretty much the same thing even for us the more natural ingredient hasn't been processed mm-hmm. the better it is for us of course for our pets so the raw diet. The reason why is because it's it's unprocessed, and the dogs uh, in nature, all canines, they eat it raw. They don't cook their food. Yeah. So it's the best. It's the best way, and uh, no, they're healthier. So if they're healthier, they're less prone to parasites and bugs and yeah, healthier
1: that meaning that even their immune system is top shape. So you most of the time, if the immune system is good, the dog's healthy. Any not all, almost anything that comes their way, they're going to be able to handle it.
0: Absolutely. So yeah. what we're talking about, what this means is that if we're talking about all this prevention but if your dog is healthy he's less prone to even getting them in the first
1: place so he might even not need as much prevention no. Earm collar might be enough
0: <laughs> yeah just one or none if yeah. you're really confident about it you're like look my dog goes mostly in the yard and i don't have all these bushes i don't have tall grass my neighbors don't either and i don't go out on hikes i don't go to places with all these bushes well you probably don't
1: you Depending know you know your, your dog. Yeah, you, you know, know your, your lifestyle, style.
0: you know your life and to see okay, is it really worth it for me to even getting any type of protection, either it's natural or from the vet? Just at least know as much information as you can, just like we are doing on our podcast today. Exactly. So, healthy pets less likely of parasites, sick more prone to it. Mm-hmm. So, those we would have to be careful. We have to we have to take care of them our little sickies have to
1: take care of them
0: <laughs> take care of them <laughs> that's cute alright guys so thank you for listening I hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you guys have any questions what we're doing now is that we're uh, picking up some questions for our next episode so if ever there's anything that you guys would like us to talk about or elaborate let us know. on yeah. exactly so let us know and we'll talk about it and uh, share to your family to your friends sh- share our episode on social media And uh, we'll see you next time! See you next time!
1: Alright, bye! Bye!